Welcome, I am your host, and this is the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy, and as always, leave me some feedback on what you think about the show, and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about the Philadelphia Experiment. The Philadelphia Experiment was an alleged event claimed to have been witnessed by an ex-merchant mariner named Carl M. Allen at the United States Navy's Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, United States, sometime around October 28th of 1943. Allen described an experiment with the U.S. Navy attempted to render invisible the destroyer escort USS Eldridge and the bizarre results that followed. The story first surfaced in late 1955 when Allen sent a book full of handwritten annotations referring to the experiment to a U.S. Navy research organization and a little later, a series of letters making further claims to a UFO book writer. Allen's account of the event is widely understood to be a hoax, however. Several different and sometimes contradictory versions of the alleged experiment have circulated over the years in paranormal literature and popular movies. The US Navy maintains that no such experiment was ever conducted, that the details of the story contradict well-established facts about USS Eldridge, and that the physics of the experiment is claimed to be based on is non-existent. Now we get into the USS Eldridge. So USS Eldridge DE-173 was a cannon-class destroyer escort of the United States Navy named for Lieutenant Commander John Eldridge Jr. who led an operation for the invasion of the Solomon Islands. Eldridge was born in Buckingham County, Virginia on the 10th of October 1903 and graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 1927. After flight training at Penascola, Florida. Sorry if I get that name wrong. He served at various stations on aviation duty. From the 11th of September 1941, he was Commander Scouting Squadron 71, attached to WASP CV-7. Lieutenant Commander Eldridge was killed in action in the Solomon Islands on the 2nd of November 1942. For his extraordinary heroism in leading the air attack on Japanese positions in the initial invasion of the Solomons on the 7th and 8th of August 1942, he was promotiously awarded the Navy Cross. Now we get into the construction and service history of the USS Eldridge. So Eldridge was laid down on the 22nd of February 1943 by the Federal Shipbuilding and Dry Docking Company in Newark, New Jersey. Eldridge was launched on the 25th of July 1943, sponsored by Lieutenant Commander Eldridge's widow, Mrs. John Eldridge Jr. and commissioned on the 27th of August 1943. Between the 4th of January 1944 and the 9th of May 1945, Eldridge sailed on the vital task of escorting to the Mediterranean Sea men and materials to support Allied invasions in North Africa and on into southern Europe. She made nine voyages to deliver convoys safely to Casablanca, Bizerti and Oran. Eldridge departed New York City on the 28th of May 1945 for service in the Pacific. En route to Saipan in July, she made contact with an underwater object and immediately attacked, but no results were observed. She arrived at Okinawa on the 7th of August for local escort and patrol, and with the end of hostilities a week later, continued to serve as escort on the saipan ulithi okinawa routes until November. Eldridge was placed out of commission and reserve on the 17th of June 1946. 
On the 15th of January 1951, she was transferred under the Mutual Defence Assistance Act to Greece, where she served as Leon D-54. Leon was decommissioned on the 5th of November 1992, and on the 11th of November 1999, was sold as scrap to the, and I'm going to butcher this name, Piraeus-based firm V&J Scrap Middle Trading LTD. Now we get into the Philadelphia Experiment. The Philadelphia Experiment, as I understand it, was a purported naval military experiment at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, sometime around the 28th of October 1943, in which Eldridge was to be rendered invisible by a cloaking device to human observers for a brief period. The story is considered a hoax. There is a general lack of evidence for the alleged experiment. The person who started the myth, a merchant seaman named Carl Meredith Allen, who I'm going to get into a bit of a backstory on later in this podcast it admitted that he had made up the story and related to author morris k jessup and the uss eldridge's deck log and war diary preserved on microfilm show that the ship was never in philadelphia between august and december of 1943 now we get into the origins of the story. The story of a Philadelphia experiment originated in late 1955 when Carl M. Allen sent an anonymous package marked Happy Easter containing a copy of Morris K. Jessup's book The Case for the UFO Unidentified Flying Objects to the U.S. Office of Naval Research, or O&R. The book was filled with handwritten notes in its margins, written with three different shades of blue ink, appearing to detail a debate among three individuals, only one of whom is given a name, which is Jemmy, spelt J-E. They commented on Jessup's ideas about the propulsion for flying saucers, discuss alien races, and expressed concern that Jessup was too close to discovering their technology. The commentators referred to each other as gypsies and discussed two different types of people living in outer space. Their text contained non-standard use of capitalization and punctuation and detailed a lengthy discussion of the merits of various elements of Jessup's assumptions in the book. There were oblique references to the Philadelphia Experiment, one commenter reassured assures his fellow annotators who have highlighted a certain theory which Jessup advanced. Shortly thereafter, in January of 1956, Allen began sending a series of letters to Jessup using his given name as Carlos Miguel Allende. The first known letter warned Jessup not to investigate the levitation of unidentified flying objects. Allen put forward a story of dangerous science based on unpublished theories by Albert Einstein. He further claimed a scientist named Franklin Reno put these theories into practice at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in October of 1943. Allen claimed to have witnessed this experiment while serving aboard the SS Andrew, and I'm going to butcher this name, Furusef. In Allen's account, a destroyer escort was successfully made invisible, but the ship inexplicably teleported to Norfolk, Virginia for several minutes and then reappeared in the Philadelphia Yard. The ship's crew was supposed to have suffered various side effects including insanity, intangibility and being frozen in place. When Jessup wrote back requesting more information to corroborate his story, Allen said his memory would have to be recovered and referred Jessup to what seems to be a non-existent Philadelphia newspaper article that Allen claimed covered the incident. In 1957, Jessup was invited to the Office of Naval Research, where he was shown the annotated copy of his book. Jessup noted the handwriting of the annotations resembled the letters he received from Allen. Twelve years later, however, Allen would say that he authored all of the annotations in order to, and I quote, scare the hell out of Jessup, end quote. Two officers at O&R, Captain Sidney Sherby and Commander George W. Hoover, took a personal interest in the matter. Hoover later explained that his duties as special projects officer required him to investigate many publications and that he ultimately found nothing of substance to the alleged invisibility experiment. Hoover discussed the annotations with Austin N. Stanton, president of Varro Manufacturing Corporation of Nalan, Texas, during a meeting about Varro's contract work for O&R. 
Stanton became so interested that Varro's office began producing mimeographed copies of Jessup's book with the annotations in Allen's letters, first a dozen and eventually 127 copies. These copies came to be known as the Varro edition. Besides noting handwriting of the individual named Jemmy, addressed as such by the others and using blue-violet ink, the anonymous introduction to the Varro edition concludes that there were two other individuals making annotations, that being Mr. A, identified as Allen by Jessup in blue ink, and Mr. B in blue-green ink. Jessup tried to publish more books on the subject of UFOs, but was sadly unsuccessful. Losing his publisher and experiencing a succession of downturns in his personal life led him to sadly take his own life in Florida on the 30th of April, 1959. The various book writers who tried to get more information from Carl Allen also found his responsive elusive or couldn't find him at all. One reporter from Allen's hometown of New Kensington, Pennsylvania, interviewed his family and was handed a pile of documents and books, all scribbled with Allen's annotations. They described Allen as a fantastic mind, but also a drifter and a master leg puller. Now we get into the repetitions of the story. In 1965, Vincent Gaddis published a book of 14 titled Invisible Horizons, True Mysteries of the Sea. In it, he recounted the story of the experiment from the Varro annotations. George E. Simpson and Neil R. Berger published a 1978 novel titled Thin Air. In this book, set in the present day, a naval investigative service officer investigates several threads linking wartime invisibility experiments to a conspiracy involving matter transmission technology. Large-scale popularization of the story came about in 1979 when the author Charles Burlitz, who had written his best-selling book on the Bermuda Triangle, and his co-author UFOologist William L. Moore, published The Philadelphia Experiment Project Invisibility, which purported to be a factual account. The book expanded on stories of bizarre happenings, lost unified field theories by Albert Einstein, and government cover-ups, all based on the Alindy Allen letters to Jessup. Moore and Burlips devoted one of the last chapters in the Philadelphia Experiment Project Invisibility to the force fields of Townsend Brown, namely the experiment and then U.S. Navy technician Thomas Townsend Brown. Paul LaViolette's 2008 book Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion also recounts some mysterious involvement of Townsend Brown. The story was adapted into a 1984 time travel film called The Philadelphia Experiment, directed by Stuart Raffle. Though only loosely based on the prior accounts of the experiment, it served to dramatize the core elements of the original story. In 1989, Alfred Beyler claimed to have been aboard the USS Eldridge during the experiment. Addressing the MUFCON conference in 1990, Beyler asserted that Raffle's film was largely consistent with the events he claimed to have witnessed in 1943. Beyler would later add details to his claims on radio talk shows, conferences and the internet. Now we're going to get into who exactly Carl Meredith Allen was. Carl Meredith Allen, born in 1925 and died in 1994, was an ex-merchant marine who claimed that during World War II he witnessed the Philadelphia Experiment, a supposed paranormal event where the US Navy made a ship invisible and accidentally teleported it through space. The story is widely understood to be a hoax perpetrated by Allen, something he confessed to several times over the years, then recanted, then confessed to again? Now we're going to get into his biography. So, Carl Allen was born on May 31st of 1925 in Springdale, Pennsylvania, the eldest of five children. His family described him as brilliant in school with a fantastic mind, but also as a person who never held any particular job for long and was a drifter. He was also known as a master leg puller, pulling pranks on people or to get out of work in general. In 1942, he joined the U.S. Marine Corps, but was discharged less than a year later. Right after that, he enlisted in the United States Merchant Marine, at first serving on the SS Andrew Furuseth and then many other ships until 1952, when he left service. 
Allen would later claim that in 1943 he witnessed an invisibility experiment carried out by the US Navy at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, the so-called Philadelphia Experiment, met Albert Einstein there and for several weeks was schooled in physics by Einstein. During his lifetime, he would use many aliases, including Carlos Miguel Allende, Senor Professor, and Colonel Carlos Miguel Cristoforo Allende, and one time when he wrote to the rocket engineer Werner von Braun, Dr. Carl Meredith Allostein. He turned up in various places, including Colorado, Mexico, eventually ending up in Greeley, Colorado, where he died on the March 5th of 1994. Now we get into a general synopsis of this story. Now I must note, several different and sometimes contradictory versions of the alleged experiment have circulated over the years, so the following synopsis I'm going to get into recounts key story points common to most of the accounts that are out there. Now the experiment was allegedly based on an aspect of some unified field theory, a term coined by Albert Einstein, to describe a class of potential theories. Such theories would aim to describe mathematically and physically the interrelated nature of the forces of electromagnetism and gravity, in other words, uniting their respective fields into a single field. According to some accounts, unspecified researchers thought that some version of this field would enable using large electrical generators to bend light around an object via refraction so that the object became completely invisible. The Navy regarded this as of military value and it sponsored the experiment. Another unattributed version of the story proposes that researchers were preparing magnetic and gravitational measurements of the seafloor to detect anomalies supposedly based on Einstein's attempts to understand gravity. In this version, there were also related secret experiments in Nazi Germany to find anti-gravity, allegedly led by SS Obergruppenführer Hans Kammler. Now he's a very important character because he also featured in my episode on De Glucke or the Nazi Bell. I did an episode on that. I think it was it was one of the very recent episodes, so please check that out. It's on my list on YouTube in my playlist on Unanswered Questions podcast. There are no reliable attributable accounts, but in most accounts of the supposed experiment. USS Eldridge was fitted with required equipment at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Testing began in the summer of 1943 and it was supposedly successful to a limited extent. One test resulted Eldridge being rendered nearly invisible with some witnesses reporting a greenish fog appearing in its place. Crew members complained of severe nausea afterwards. Also, reportedly when the ship reappeared, some sailors were embedded in the metal structures of the ship, including one sailor who ended up on a deck level below where he began and had his hand embedded in the steel hull of the ship, as well as some sailors who went completely bananas. There is also a claim that the experiment was altered after the point at the request of the Navy, limiting it to creating a stealth technology that would render USS Elridge invisible to radar. None of these allegations have ever been independently substantiated. Other versions of the story give the date of the experiment as October 28th of 1943. In this version, Eldridge not only became invisible, but disappeared from the area and teleported to Norfolk, Virginia, over 200 miles or 320 kilometers away. It is claimed that Eldridge sat there for some time in view of men aboard the ship USS Andrew Ferusith, whereupon Eldridge vanished and then reappeared in Philadelphia at the site it had originally occupied. Many versions of the tale include descriptions of serious side effects for the crew. Some crew members were said to have been physically fused to bulkheads, while others suffered from mental disorders. Some rematerialized inside out, and some others vanished. It is also claimed that the ship's crew may have been subjected to brainwashing to maintain the secrecy of the experiment. 
Now we get into evidence and research. The historian Mike Dash notes that many authors who publicized the Philadelphia experiment story after that of Jessup appeared to have conducted little or no research of their own. Through the late 1970s, for example, Allende Allen was often described as mysterious and difficult to locate, but Gorman determined Allende Allen's identity after only a few telephone calls. Others speculate that much of the key literature emphasizes dramatic embellishment rather than pertinent research. Belitzes and Moore's account of the story the Philadelphia Experiment Project Invisibility claimed to include factual information such as trans transcripts of an interview with a scientist involved in the experiment, but their work has also been criticized for plagiarizing key story elements from the novel Thin Air, which was published a year earlier. Now we get into the misunderstanding of documented naval experiments. Personnel at the 4th Naval District have suggested that the alleged event was a misunderstanding of routine research during World War II at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. One theory is that the foundation for the aeropitical stories arose from degaussing experiments which have the effect of making a ship undetectable or invisible to magnetic minds. Another possible origin of the stories about levitation, teleportation and effects on human crew might be attributed to experiments with the generating plant of the destroyer USS Timmerman D. D828, wherein a higher frequency generator produced corona discharges, although none of the crew reported suffering effects from the experiment. Observers have argued that it is inappropriate to grant credence to an unusual story promoted by one individual in the absence of corroborating evidence. Robert Gorman wrote in Fate magazine in 1980 that Carlos Allende slash Carl Allen, who is said to have corroborated, corresponded with Jessup, was Carl Meredith Allen of New Kensington, Pennsylvania, who had an established history of psychiatric illness and who may have fabricated the primary history of the experiment as a result of his mental illness. Gorman later realized that Allen was a family friend and a creative and a imaginative loner sending bizarre writings and claims." End quote. Now we get into the timeline inconsistencies and alternative explanations. Now we'll start off with the timeline inconsistencies. Because you see, the USS Eldridge was not actually commissioned until August 27th of 1943, and it remained in port in New York City until September of 1943. The October experiment allegedly took place while the ship was on its first shakedown cruise in the Bahamas, although proponents of the story claim that the ship's log logs might have been falsified or else still be classified. The Office of Naval Research ONR stated in September of 1996, and I quote, ONR has never conducted investigations on radar and visibility, either in 1943 or at any other time, end quote. Pointing out that the ONR was not established until 1946, it also denounces the accounts of the Philadelphia experiment as complete science fiction. A reunion of Navy veterans who had served aboard USS Eldridge told a Philadelphia newspaper in April of 1999 that their ship had never made port in Philadelphia. Further evidence discounting the Philadelphia experiment timeline comes from USS Eldridge's complete World War II action report, including the remarks section of the 1943 deck log, which is available on microfilm. Now we get into alternative explanations. Researcher, and I'm going to butcher this name, I do apologize, Jacques Vallée describes a procedure on board USS Engstrom, which was docked alongside the Eldridge in 1943. The operation involved the generation of a powerful electromagnetic field on board the ship in order to deperm or degauze it, with the goal of rendering the ship undetectable or invisible to magnetically fused undersea mines and torpedoes. This system was invented by a Canadian, Charles F. Goodeve, where he held, when he held the rank of commander in the Royal Canadian Naval Volunteer Reserve and the Royal Navy and other navies used it widely during World War II. 
British ships of the era often included such degaussing systems built into the upper decks. The conduits are still visible on the deck of HMS Belfast in London, for example. Degaussing is still used today, however it has no effect on visible light or radar. Valley speculates that accounts of USS Engstrom's degaussing might have been garbled and confabulated in subsequent retellings, and that these accounts may have influenced the story of the Philadelphia Experiment. Valise cites a veteran who served on board USS Engstrom and who suggests it might have travelled from Philadelphia to Norfolk and back again in a single day at a time when merchant ships could not by use of the, and I'm going to butcher this name, I do apologise, Chiapsky and Delaware Canal and Chiapsky Bay, which at the time was open only to naval vessels. Use of that channel was kept quiet because German submarines had ravaged shipping along the east coast during Operation Drumbeat and thus military ships unable to protect themselves were secretly moved via channels to avoid the threat. The same veteran claims to be the man that Allende witnessed disappearing at a bar. He claims that when a fight broke out, friendly barmaids whisked him out of the bar before the police arrived because he was underage for drinking. They then covered him for claiming that he had disappeared. With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. Please rate the show and let me know what you guys think about this and the many other cases I've covered. You can follow me on all major social media platforms, YouTube, BitChute, Dailymotion. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Links are all down below in the description. If you have a case you'd like me to have a look at or cover, don't hesitate to send me a message. I'm your host, and this has been the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Until next time. Next on unanswered questions. In 1983, he was stolen from the stud and a ransom of two million pounds was demanded. It was not paid and negotiations were soon broken off by the thieves. 